And well, joining us tonight to talk about all these huge developments is the great former federal prosecutor and legal analyst, Doug Burns. Uh, Doug, wow, wow, wow. Uh, this was really uh, so rare that a judge would say, you know what? This just doesn't make sense. Uh, what did you react? What did you think first off that this happened? And how extraordinary and unusual is it that a judge did this? Yeah, you very rarely see it. I mean, I've been in this federal criminal law field now for 30 years. Plus, very rarely does a judge uh, reject a plea agreement. Um, And you can read the tea leaves. I mean, first of all, you know, sort of disclaimer for all of us legal uh, analysts is, you know, I had said from day one, where's the plea agreement? I must review this plea agreement, Rita. Then I'm going to know where we stand on a number of critical issues. Not to pat myself on the back, but I identified the most important issue as what we call in our X's and O's trade, the immunization clause in the plea agreement. That's the key to everything. In every plea agreement, it says, quote, in return for the defendant entering the plea to the two tax charges and entering into the deferred prosecution on the gun charge, the government agrees that they will not charge him with, and it can be very, very narrow, which it almost always is. And it would say, by the way, there'll be no further charges for any tax offenses for the years 2017 and 18, and no charge having to do with lying on a gun form, period, full stop, end of story. What went on here, apparently, and again, I haven't seen the agreement, and it's disgusting, it's shocking uh, that this plea agreement is hidden from view, um, is that the judge said that these were atypical provisions in this agreement. Simple translation, the immunization clause was vague. It was unclear. They were trying to pull a little bit of a fast one by giving him too much um, immunity. Doug, Doug, yeah, you're, you are gracious. I call them in cahoots. I call yeah. them basically co-conspirators. And the judge basically said, wait a minute. Uh, like Hunter Biden clearly thought he was going to put, have this rubber stamp on today and be scot free. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, but let, let me unpack something. The defense lawyers, you can't criticize, um, seriously for trying to get the best deal they can. Oh, no, uh, I don't blame them. Time. I blame the yeah. other side who's not supposed to be in cahoots with but them. The, the, the government lawyers here, uh, there are so many irregularities about this, exactly right, um, that the judge saw right through it. I mean, but here's, here's the fascinating point, and I'll give credit to, I guess it was Professor Turley who was sort of emphasizing this throughout the day, but he's so right, is that the government got really, really cute And they basically flat out lied and they said the investigation is continuing. No, it wasn't. And the reason that they said that, Rita, is that they wanted to be able to tell Congress with a straight face, we cannot give you any information because our investigation is continuing. So they got hoisted on their own petard. You remember that old phrase? Because they walked into the court and the judge said it's continuing. Really? Well, wait a minute. Uh, are you going to potentially charge him with a violation of the Foreign Agent Registration Act, FARA? Uh, are you going to charge him with other things? And they got all flustered and the thing completely blew up. Now, going back to square one, you got to remember something. This plea, first of all, was way, way, way too lenient. You've made that point over and over and over, and I agree with you a thousand percent. That's one part of it. Number two, 
the whistleblower testimony and the information developed by Congress. You have to be kidding me to ram through this type of plea when you have those developments. Then number three, you get to this immunization clause issue. Okay. And then number four is the deferred prosecution issue. Deferred prosecutions are very, very rare. Just to give the audience, the listeners, a feel for what you're talking about. When a postal worker rips open one piece of mail and takes out a dollar bill, it's just a hypothetical, okay? We would give them a deferred prosecution and they would be fired from postal, okay? So in gun cases, it's rarer than hen's teeth, uh, deferred prosecutions. And it got even worse because the judge turned around and said, well, wait a minute. If you guys claim that Hunter Biden violated the terms, of the deferred prosecution, then I'm supposed to be the one to be the arbiter of that. That's unconstitutional. So again, there's just, I mean, those are four areas right there that I just ticked off that showed that this plea was outrageous and it blew up in everybody's faces today. Fortunately, I could not agree with Professor Dershowitz more. Um, This was a good day for the American people. This is what separation of powers is supposed to be, by the way, uh, back to seventh grade social studies. Seriously, you have the Department of Justice, the executive branch, acting in a way that a court should step in and block. And by the way, I know you just have a few seconds left. Uh, Doug Burns, a great former federal prosecutor. I just want to ask you also the other thing she brought up. uh, This was an amazing moment in court. She said, "Okay, well, Hunter Biden, uh, talk about some of the places you got money from. And it included Burisma. It included the Chinese energy company. And then she asked the, you know, the U.S. attorney, the Justice Department, essentially, listen, um, is there a chance that there could be a violation of the Foreign Agents Act, uh, which is what they got Manafort on? And they said, yeah, there is a chance. So they actually opened the door and he had to reveal to where some of the money was coming from. If anything, I think, you know, he walked out of court and, and what happened was soon afterwards, all the reporters at the White House press briefing were peppering the White House. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so talk about the money. Talk about the gun charges. Talk about it just opened like this opened an enormous can of worms and all of it pointing not just to Hunter, but to his father. But the good news real quick for everybody is that the standard immunization clause and what happened is the DOJ could not go away from that because they would have been humiliated by all the experts myself exactly they had to they were suddenly publicly exposed like the emperor with no clothes and they had to admit this is unusual exactly that's what happened exactly that's what took place and they got blown up in their faces i mean immunization real quick is usually it is kind of a side agreement a little bit with the government because most people don't get re-prosecuted or double prosecuted seriously in other words clients ask me all the time mr burns oh my god it says that it's only limited to this district and I'm only immunized for the charge I'm pleading guilty to. So they could arrest me again. Right. And I say, look, there's an academic answer, which is you could be, but there's the real world answer, which in my 20 plus years, this goes back a while. I've never seen anybody get reprosecuted, but this is a political case. So what they're worried about, obviously, as plain as the nose on everybody's face is if the Republicans seize power on Monday, they might indict Hunter Biden on Tuesday. Yeah. And also, uh, we are talking okay. tens of millions of dollars, of too. This is Absolutely. not like uh, jaywalking either. No, it's not. Uh, Doug Burns, you are terrific. Thank you for joining us on this big breaking news tonight. Thank you, my Bye. friend. Very, very much.